Today, I'm going to share with you from 1 Timothy chapter 1 on a message entitled, When We Do Things Right, Then Only Can We Be Strong. I, I cannot shorten it any for further. I wish I could shorten it, you know. Maybe right is strong. But I thought I will give the whole trust of today's message that is encapsulated in the title, so if you forget anything, just remember the title because that is my message to you. That is the message, I believe, of First Timothy. When we do things what is right, then only can we be strong. Let me recap over the last two weeks I shared with you what kind of a letter 1st and 2nd Timothy is? First of all, I shared with you that they are pastoral letters. 1st Timothy, 2nd Timothy, Titus. These are three what you call pastoral epistles, meaning that when senior pastor Paul wrote to junior pastor Timothy, who is pastoring the church in Ephesus, he's telling him how to lead, how to pastor the church. And there are gems for which we can learn in the coming months. Secondly, it is an apostolic letter because Paul writes in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Saviour and of Christ Jesus our hope. It is Paul by the command of God, the apostle. In other words, the apostolicity Apostle, apostolicity, whatever it is, still here today. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. It's still present today as we read his epistle in the 21st century. The apostle backing has not ceased or faded away. But it is also a personal letter. Because in verse 2 of 1 Timothy 1, it is to Timothy, my true son in the faith. So here we have a father Paul, not the apostle Paul, writing to his true son. Instructions, advice, nasty heart, so that Timothy can literally carry on where Paul left off. So it's a personal letter. More important than all of this, as important rather, is a purposeful letter. There must be a reason why Paul wrote this letter and the reason, I believe, is to tell Timothy, advise Timothy, instruct Timothy to put right what is not right. Clearly, there were things that were not right in the Ephesus church. So Paul, writing to Timothy, is advising Timothy to put right what is not right so that the Ephesus church can be strong. And that's my premise. Only when we do what is right and righteous before God, then only can we be strong personally, family, business, church, even nation. It's a kingdom principle and I will elaborate it on it in a short while. So, 
in the greeting, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Saviour and Christ Jesus our hope. To Timothy, my true son, was to, in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I, would, I underlined and highlighted the word mercy because, check me out on this, if you look at all the other epistles that Paul wrote, either to the Corinthian church or Coloss Colossian church or Philippians or Corinthians or Thessalonians or Galatians, every one of them, the greeting is grace and peace. Only in First and Second Timothy is the word mercy added. Why? Only in the pastoral letters did Paul insert mercy, grace, mercy and peace. I don't know. I don't know why. But I can guess. Maybe writing to pastors, Paul feels that pastors need more mercy. We do need more mercy, I tell you that. Mercy from God and mercy from you. Okay. Why? Because maybe we're more vulnerable. Maybe we put our, our, our heads on a chopping block. So, be merciful. <laughs> be merciful. Verse 3 and 4 is very important because it tells us beginning, what is it that Paul tells Timothy to put right? Clearly, the first thing is right doctrine. Nah? But the amazing thing is this. Verse 3. As I urge you, Timothy, when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, not to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies these promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. So Paul says, I urge you, Timothy, stay in Ephesus. Why? Eh? Clearly, Timothy wants to quit. Stay there. Timothy, don't quit. Because it's hard. You think being a pastor is so easy? Eh? Huh? It's hard work, you know, you know that? People misunderstand you. People want you to do this, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And, and, and at the end of the day, I thought that being an obstetrician was hard. Being a pastor is harder, you know that? So Timothy wanted to quit. 30-year-old young man, uh, give up lah. But Paul says, don't give up. Stay. I urge you to stay in Ephesus. Why? Because there are certain things not completed. There are certain things in Ephesus church not right. You must put right. I tell you what to do. I, I advise you what to do. I encourage you what to do. Alright. So, when I go to sell sometimes, especially young people, or when I present myself and I put myself in the hot seat, young people always ask me this question. Oh, people don't ask me one, no. Don't know why young people ask me. Put me in the put me in a hot spot. You see, pastor asks me, "What is your moment in which you fail?" 
And one of them is, Pastor, have you ever thought of quitting? First, no, not true. Yes. One time. I shared with you before. You see, in the early days when the church was growing, it was hard work. You had to do so many things. It's not the hard work that wanted to make me quit. It was because my two sons. They were teenagers. All their friends were in KK. They had no friends. They were only 15 people. For almost one year, they never came up to the church. They sat in the car downstairs, read newspaper on a Sunday. And only at the end, and they come out. At the end of one year, I look at my two boys. I say, Father God, you can, you can blast me with all kinds of opposition. You can make people misunderstand me. You can all kinds of things. I can take it one. But when I do see my two sons languishing in the face, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. I give up. I wanted to, you know. But then I stayed. And I'm glad I stayed. Amen. Yes, the church is what it is today. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Amen. And my two sons, they are fine. All right, spiritually, they are fine. So, The key is this. When we do what is right and righteous before God, then only can we be strong. Read this with me. Read this with me. Everybody read this with me, all right? All right. Everybody here, all right. Are you ready? Read it loud because this is my premise and you hear me repeating this many times, all right? All right. One, two, three. When we do things right and righteous before God, only then can we be strong. One more time. Let us sing in. One, two, three. When we do things right and righteous before God, then only can we be strong. So I'm going to share with you under two headings. Why? Why is it so? And secondly, what must we put right? Firstly, why? Because it is a kingdom principle. The reason why we must be righteous and do what is right and righteous before God, only then can He bless, is because we have just sung it today, He is a holy God. He is a righteous God. God cannot be less than holy. He cannot be, cannot be less than God. He, his character is holy. And because his character is holy, he says in Peter, be holy because I am holy. I, I just came back from Singapore where I taught a class of 46 people in the School of Leadership in Tongling. High-powered folks, businessmen, professionals and so on. And I, and I was talking about integrity to them. And, and one of the businessmen uh, stood up and said, Pastor, uh, uh, it's okay for you uh, to be holy. I can't, know. In my work, uh, he said, uh, what do you mean by holy? Uh? So I said, sir, you can, I can, everybody can. Holy is not a halo above you. Holy means you set apart for God. Are you willing to set yourself apart for God? Then you are holy. Holy means intentionally we want to set ourselves distinctively apart for God. 
And that's a very tall order and God will enable us, but you must want it. Because God is holy. He cannot bless unholy acts. He cannot, He is righteous. You cannot invite Him to bless you and you know you are unrighteous. It doesn't matter whether you are Pastor Moses or whether you are Pastor David. If you are unholy and you know that you have done wrong, you will suffer the consequences. It doesn't matter whether you have given millions. It doesn't matter whether you can sing. It's like that. It's a kingdom principle. Only when you and I are holy before God, then only can God bless. But you say to me, Pastor, I, I, I cannot. I, 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 I fall into sin. I also fall into sin. It doesn't mean that when I say this to you, Pastor, you are forever. No, I'm not. I, I, I got unrighteous thoughts one. I got unrighteous response one. I get angry one. I get upset one. I am unholy. I am unrighteous. So you tell me like the businessman in Singapore, Pastor, what do you mean? I am unrighteous. So too, me too unrighteous. But the difference is, listen to me very carefully. There's a world of difference between falling into sin and living in sin. The difference is this. Every one of us, including me, termasuk saya, we fall into sin. I fell into sin yesterday. Every day. But when I fall into sin, I get up, I repent, and I move on. But when you live in sin, you know it. Intentionally, you know it, and you continue it. That is open rebellion. And you know it. That's living in sin. You cannot expect God to bless your business. Bless your family. Bless you individually. If intentionally you know that you live. But how do I know? Huh? Good conscience. Pure heart. Sincere faith. I'll come to that. I will come to that. Listen to me very carefully. This is a kingdom principle that God cannot violate. And I've seen people coming to me with all kinds of promises for God and live an unrighteous life knowing very well that what they do is not right before God and expect God to bless them. God cannot bless. It doesn't mean that I'm doing all things right now. As I said, whether you're Pastor Moses or Pastor David, it doesn't matter. God is still God. It's a principle. Only when we do what is right and righteous before God can we now give an access for God to bless you and your family. This is one of my favorite verses. Everybody knows this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come read this with me. 
It's okay with you? Let yourself hear yourself read because this is the Word of God. Alright, everybody, are you ready? Read it loud and clear. Alright, one, two, three. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins, purify us from all Amen. Unrighteousness. Because God is righteous. So the kingdom principle. It doesn't matter who you are and who I am. God cannot violate His own principle. And this is my, the key verse I shared with you two weeks ago from First Timothy. For me, this is the key verse. So, Paul writes, although I hope to come to you soon, Timothy, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. Why? Why? Because it is the church of the living God. God is not dead. He's here. Even as we worship Him, His presence is here. Whether wherever you are, He is there. And it is the pillar and the foundation of truth. If it is true, it is true. Lah. If it is false, it is false. Lah. No matter how much you sugarcoat it, whatever Allah's son or whatever reasons you give, wrong is wrong, right is right, correct or not? That's all there is. So only when we are right and righteous before God, before God, huh? not before men, huh? then only can God bless. Oh, I put this in. Why strong? Huh? Because Paul wrote in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength. So Paul is saying, Timothy, God has given me strength and I want him to give you strength. It's being strong. The reason why we want to be righteous and right before God is that we can be strong spiritually. Now, is it, is it paramount that we must be strong? Why? Why, why must we be strong? Because whether, I'm talking spiritually, yeah, if you are weak, if you know that you are compromised, the devil will come and wreak havoc in your life, in your business, in your family. You cannot resist the devil. That's what Paul told Timothy, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How can you resist if you're not strong? How can you fight the good fight if you're not strong? Impossible. And you know it. So it's never about size. It's about health. It's about strength. So big is not strong. Small is not strong. What is strong? Come, everybody say this after me. Everybody, one, two, three. Big is not, come on, say loud. Everybody talk. I can't hear anybody talk. Come on. Everybody say this 
loud at one, two, three. So if you are strong, you are strong, lah. And the devil knows it. The devil knows it. And one way to be strong, not only way, is when you are right and righteous before God. What must we put right? Five things. Five things. In First Timothy chapter one, I'm going to share with you as I exegete the passage. Now, these are my own. I never look at the, the concordance. This is what the Holy Spirit wants me to share with you. Number one, right doctrine, the right theology. So, in verse three. Paul says, as I urge you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. This promotes controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. What is the modern equivalent for False doctrines means endless genealogies. I would encourage you to listen to Pastor Isaac's message yesterday. It's one of the best messages he has ever spoken on false doctrines. And he tells us yesterday, honestly, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's outstanding. In his research, and also was shocked to hear this, Am I right? There are almost 150 false doctrines. Hey, 150 false doctrines circulating now, you know. And some of them, he, he gave an examples, are so subtle that it's a very fine line between what is true and what is not so true. What is true and what is half-truth. Hey, these are very subtle. It can seep in insidiously into your entire belief system if you are not careful. And that's what the devil wants to do. More active now as we await the imminent return of the Lord because I did a module on the second coming of Jesus, right? Last Saturday in the Christian discipleship class. And one of the signs of the imminent return of Jesus Christ is this increasing deception in the church. More so today than any other days. Increasing deception of every nature and sort. Prosperity gospel is a deception. The hyper-grace theology, anti-nominism, is a deception. In other words, it's okay to sin. No need to repent one. Why? Because God is so gracious. All our sins, past, present and future, all forgiven already. Why repent? And no need to pray also. False doctrine. And people gravitate to it. Why? Because it is comforting. It is good. No. What is good doesn't mean it is true. Yes, it's true. It's never God's intention to make you happy. 
It is God's intention to make you holy. Never. I'm not happy. God, where are you? Since when has God made you happy? Or? No. I don't find it in the Bible. False doctrine. And people gravitate to that. Why? Because it is comforting. Not in this church, I understand. I preached, we preached the word of God, Isaac, right? Without fear or favor of man. You know, some years ago, I took my ZLs in groups of 10 to my house. And we used this booklet and manual by my good friend, Pastor Edmund Chan, Roots and Wings. When you're rooted and grounded in the word, you have wings to fly. So for 13 weeks, each batch, we looked through every chapter and we contextualized it. We modified it as IBKL way. But that formed a framework. And in that book, the core curriculum is this chart. The eightfold core curriculum for discipleship, but it begins with the top, the right theology. When you and I have a right theology of God, God is holy. But God is also love. You cannot divorce His holiness from His love. If God is merely love, 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 then do anything you want. God is love. No. He is also holy. When you and I have the right theology of God, then only can we now have the right allegiance. Who is my master? When after the right theology and the right allegiance, then you have the right identity. Who am I? When you have your compass bearings right in God, then only you know who you really are, right? And from there, it goes on to the right purpose. What am I called to do after you know who you are? And after that, it goes on to the right values. From the right values, you have the right priorities. Why? Because priorities are based on values. If you have wrong values, you have wrong priorities. But when you have the right priorities, then you have the right empowering, right foundation, and it goes back to the right theology. It is a virtuous cycle. Very important. We must have the right theology. And not only that, we must have the right attitudes. Just in case uh, young Timothy uh, uses theology uh, to hammer people. uh, No. Paul says this. Timothy, correct. Rebuke. Remember 1 Timothy chapter 3, he says, the scripture is God breathes, right? And, it's, and it's, uh, it is suitable for reprimand, rebuke, equipping the saints of God for the every good work. So by all means, correct, rebuke. But the command is love. Love. Which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these, turned to meaningless talk, they want to be teachers of the law, but they do not how, 
know what they're talking about or what they confidently affirm. In other words, love is theology with love. And I like what Pastor Isaac said yesterday. And I will, I will modify it. He said that theology without love, self-righteousness, sanctimony, correct? Sanctimonious. He used the word sanctimony, big, bombastic word. Sanctimony means, sanctimonious means self-righteousness. You know, so you are, you are morally upright, ma. so you hammer people, ma. you talk down on people, ma. you are very sanctimonious. So I would say that theology without love is self-righteousness. Love without theology is sensuality, absolutely right. But love with theology is scriptural. And whatever is scriptural is sacred. We want to follow the Bible. It is love with theology. And that's what it is. It is not to use a hammer you, make you feel condemned. No. When we preach the word of God, if we have to reprimand, we reprimand. If we have to rebuke, we rebuke. But it's always so that you can improve, so that you can grow, so that you are empowered to live your Christian life, never to make you look so small. You know, I used to have an elder. I hope. People from that church are not listening. My, my, yeah. You know, every time that elder preaches from the pulpit, we all shiver, you know, because he will use the word God to blast you, scold you, until, oh, diamond, diamond, no. It is to correct in love. So when you go back, you want to change because you love God more. Understand? Right attitude. Everybody say, pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Pure heart. Your heart must be untainted. It must be uncontaminated without selfish agendas so that it don't make use of God. You must have a good conscience. Why? Because the conscience is the inner compass, the inner thermostat that tells you. So people tell me, Pastor, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. You know. You know. You know. If wrong is wrong, la. don't tell me it's right, la. correct or not. It's good to have a good conscience and not a seared one. You know what a seared conscience means? A seared conscience means it's numb. La. You put an iron onto the conscience, la. you cannot feel. You think you are right. Wrong becomes right, right becomes wrong. Hey, that's a seared conscience. Very dangerous. Everybody say good conscience. It is the goodness of God, not your goodness. The standard is the Lord, the Bible. Sincere faith. Your faith must be authentic, sincere. So many people have told me many times, and I agree with them, that pastor, whenever you speak, you're very authentic, I know. What you see is what you get. 
what you see is what you get. And we will preach the word of God without fear or favor of man, understand? Your faith must be sincere. So everybody say pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith, right attitudes. We must have the right attitudes. So Paul says this, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. You know, it's not that I do right all the time. I also do wrong things. Hold on to 1 John 1.9. 1, Thirdly, according to this passage from verse 8 to verse 11, Verse 8, we know that the law is good if a man uses it properly. Clearly, the Ephesian church was not using God's law properly. That's why Paul had to correct it and tell Timothy to put right what is wrong. Now, what does it mean? In modern parlance, use and the word of God and apply it accurately and not use it and not abuse it. Don't abuse the word. Don't stretch the word of God. Understand? Don't try and hide. Don't try and use the word of God to justify your actions. Don't use that. Use the word of God properly as it is. If the word of God says it is wrong, it is wrong. If you are living in sin, you are living in sin. You cannot fake it. And you don't expect God to bless you. It cannot work that way. Understand? It doesn't work that way. Only when we do what is right and righteous before God, then can we be strong and can we be blessed, including the right application of the word. Make the word a living word. Live out the word. Your word is your standard, not the advice of men, not your perspective. Very important. The right application of God's word. Now, I won't delve into it because it's very complicated. The fourth thing that we must put right is very, very important because suddenly from verse 12 to verse 17, Paul then begins to share his own conversion story. You see? So, I thank Christ Jesus, verse 12, our Lord, who has given me strength, given me strength, all right, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, so I'm sure none of us were like that, right? Because I was shown mercy. Remember mercy? Remember mercy? Grace, mercy, peace. So, Paul himself said, I, I tell you, Timothy, I write to you, but I don't write to you as, as if I know everything. No, I myself, I've been shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
Now, this is a trustworthy saying. Now, in other words, perhati, perhati. In other words, this is very important, Timothy. Listen, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What is it? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul didn't come with arrogance. I tell you, uh, what is this, man? No. I am the worst of all sinners. But for that very reason, I was shown what? Mercy! Mercy! We need mercy! So that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. Paul came to Timothy not saying, I am better than you. No, I am the worst of all sinners. Why? Because of his own conversion. And I share this with you, my friend. All of us have a story, a personal story of salvation. Be thankful to God that you are where you are today because God has given you umpteen chances. I am thankful. I am where I am today, not because I'm so great, I'm so good. No. Because of the mercy of God. Same for you. When you and I know how much God has forgiven us, given us so many chances to come back to Him, and today, we are where we are today of the unlimited mercy and grace of God. You and I should be thankful. Paul was. And he told Timothy, Timothy, you do the same. You do the same, Timothy. And Paul then broke into a spontaneous doxology. How not to thank God? Now, to the King eternal, Immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Everybody say, Amen. 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 From the guttermost to the uttermost, God has saved you, God has saved me. We should be thankful. We should be ever grateful and worship the Lord now to the King eternal. Now to the King immortal. Now to the King invisible, the only God, be honour, grace, forever and forever. When we know how much God has forgiven us, we will love much, understand? That's what Jesus said to the woman who washed the disciples, washed Jesus' feet. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, because everybody was judging her. Ma. Everybody was judging her, you see. Sanctimonious. Sanctimonious. Self-righteous. Who is this? But Jesus says, but I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven because she loved much. Jesus says, he who has been forgiven little loves little. I turn it around. If you and I have been forgiven much, we will love much. It's only when we don't recognize that we have been forgiven much that we take God for granted. He who has been forgiven much loves much. 
What about you? Finally, can I have the musicians on stage? We need to have the right finish. The closing verses of chapter 1, Timothy, my son, verse 18. I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight, holding on to faith. Timothy, fight the good fight, fight the right fight, and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and have shipwrecked their faith. In other words, Timothy, Finish well. Finish well. And this is the beginning of the epistle, you know. This is not the end. And the end, he did the same. Paul said, Timothy, I tell you, uh, fight a good fight. And Paul himself said, many have shipwrecked their faith. I share this with you because finally, I, Paul, Fight the good fight. I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. Timothy, you do the same. Timothy, you do the same. And I say to you, my friend, you do the same. Don't allow anything to derail you, understand? Finish the fight the good fight. Don't shipwreck your faith. You can think that you are the invincible. The Titanic was the invincible. They never listened to warnings. They were warnings. But I am the Titanic. Hit the iceberg. And today is a wreckage. 1,500 lives were lost. Are you waiting for the disaster to come? You tell me. So my recommendation, put right what is not right. Put right what is not right. Don't come to pastor, pastor, pray for me. No, look, you, you know, you know, I know. Because it's a good conscience, that's what he said, right? Fight the good fight with a good conscience. You have a conscience. I got a conscience. You have the Holy Spirit. I got a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Understand? Fight the good fight. Finish well. Let's all finish well. Shall we do that, church? Let's all finish well. Amen. Come, let's close our eyes as we close. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Ramanda kata da 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 anda. Oh, da 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 shandai. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Father, may we have the posture of Paul that considered himself the chief of all sinners. And out of the depths and debt of gratitude, he served. Not because he was so great and so good, but because he was so grateful. He, of course, he was so grateful. And may every one of us here in this hall and elsewhere 
come to you, Father Lord, knowing very well our own fragility, our own mortality, our own weaknesses. So that God, we cling to you, knowing very well, Father Lord, we need you. And you know, when we know that when we come to you, you'll never leave us. You will strengthen us. You will be with us. You will empower us. And we will do well. And we will finish well, understand? We will finish well. My prayer is that we will not be shipwrecked. Shipwrecked meaning uh, you don't reach your destination, no. You crash on the rocks. You crash on the rocks. Are there rocks? Yes. Are there sand pits? Yes. Will there be obstruction? Yes. And you know you're heading towards that. Why do you... Why do you carry on? Why? Listen, my friend, very carefully to me. Jesus says, what does it gain? Profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose it. Don't be a loser. Don't be a loser. You can gain anything in the world by your own ability and you can fake it but at the end you lose it is it worth it is it worth it you tell me you tell me oh father our redemption story is written in the palms of your hands our redemption story, every one of us, God, have a story to tell. May it be, Lord, that we end well. May we, oh God, that we end well. May it be, oh God, that we don't lose. We don't lose it. And we think that we're winning all the time, but actually you're losing all the time. So my prayer for every one of us, Father God, is that ultimately, Lord, you will begin to tutor us, prompt us, and give us the courage as Paul exhorts Timothy, be strong, be strong, Timothy, be strong. I charge you this day, I charge you. That's what Paul told him, I charge you. I charge you, I charge you. By the authority of Scripture, that you write what is wrong and walk in the ways of God. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He cannot be otherwise. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You walk in His ways. And the goodness of God will be there for you. Even as we close this session, I just want of you to spend a moment of quietness before God where you're sitting down. And ask God to search you the inner chambers of your heart. Take away any pretensions. Take away anything that is not right. Any thing that is feigned or phony before God. That today we come before God and ask God to even allow the Holy Spirit, the light of the Holy Spirit to scrutinize every dark chambers of our heart so that there are no hidden chambers, no dark rooms. No hidden chambers that all the doors of our heart is open and allow the Holy Spirit to search in. Amen. Will you do that, church? Listen to me carefully. Will you do that? 
Because I want to believe that today, even as you begin to do that, God will begin to enter into your life, understand? And whatever that you've been praying for, the breakthrough, whatever, will take place. Because now, God comes in. God cannot come in because you have not been righteous before Him. But today, let's ask God, honestly, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive. Father, in Jesus' name, we repent. And we invite you once again to come into our lives. Would you do that? Spend a moment of quietness before we close. Oh, Take away all hatred, take away all unforgiveness, take away all unrighteousness. Take away all disappointments, take away all hurts Because hurt people hurt people Hurt people hurt people, understand? So my prayer for you is that God will heal the wounds God will heal the wounds of your past And because today, Isaiah 43, verse 13 and 14, see I'm going to do a new thing See Forget the past I'm going to do a new thing There will be once again a highway in the wilderness once again there will be a sungai a river in the wilderness flowing on the inside of you because only God can do that understand as you begin to open your life to God there will always be a river running on the inside of you and you'll be able to bless other people you'll be able to have a sungai a river on the inside of you that flows out so that you can be a channel of blessing to many people not because you're great but because God is now with you understand would you want to do that? Hallelujah All eyes closed or his bowed I'm going to ask you any one of you needs prayer not to come forward I want you to stand by standing you say to me Pastor I hear the word of God I want to make an adjustment in my trajectory. You don't have to tell anybody, tell God. Yes, I have made mistakes. Yes, I have gone wrong. It is Manjala Wing. It is Sasat. You have gone away one way or another. But today, when you stand, you say, Pastor, I want to stand so that I can I need God to help me to guide me so that I will not shipwreck my faith if I go along this way and continue it I will shipwreck my faith but today God is saying to you will allow Captain Jesus to come into your life to guide you to steer your ship out of your trouble will you do that if you want to you stand let me pray for you as I close whether it be your family or your businesses whether it be your own personal journey whatever it is it is over the long haul you don't want to shipwreck your faith by standing you want to surrender your life once again back to God for your family for your relationship for your marriage for your businesses and I want to believe that as you begin to do that God will now enter into your life because why are you giving permission now you give him permission to come in and he will give you clarity of thought those of you in the balcony as well you stand if you want to you stand god will give you clarity of direction 
Not that to bless you But so that you can be a channel of blessing Understand? So that you can laugh again You can laugh again You have joy again You have peace again It is all because of the grace The mercy and the peace of God Not because of you, understand? It's the mercy of God I'm going to wait for 10 more seconds Let me pray for you as I close Father in Jesus name I want to thank you for these dear people That are standing down here and upstairs Father I want to pray that you will Come into their lives In faith Interrupt if need be So that even as they in Invite you to into their life willingly by faith. You will enter in for good, not for evil, because you know the plans you have for us. Plans for good, never for evil. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And to give you and your family a hope and a future. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? So Father, in Jesus' name, we receive it, God. We receive it. That Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, before we leave this place, already there's clarity. There is serenity. There is peace. There is love. And all the rubbish and all the things will be excavated and thrown out. We are cleansed. Both our heart and our consciences. And Father, we want to have a sincere faith. So that we want to live solely for your glory and for the honour of your name. Oh Father, we bless you this day. We bless you. Oh Ramanda kata da 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 mandai. Oh Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Time is run out. Let's all stand and sing this song as we close. Oh Bring us a prayer to God. Amen. Sing us a prayer to God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray this with me, every one of you. Say Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word this morning. I know, I know that you have spoken to me this morning. That you have spoken to me this morning. I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself to you. I yield myself totally to you. I yield myself totally to you. I acknowledge that I am weak, but you are strong. I acknowledge that I am weak, but you are strong. I acknowledge that I am at the wit's end, but you will give me the breakthrough. Come to you now, Lord Jesus. Come to you now, Lord Jesus. In humility. In humility. And in repentance. And in repentance. Give me back the joy of my salvation. Give me back the joy of my salvation. That I can love again. That I can love. That again. I can laugh again. That I can laugh again. That I can serve you again. I can serve you again. Help me. Help me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. Restore me. Restore me. Heal me. Heal me. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I would bless everybody here this day. We have prayed that prayer.
and you will come in to heal us and put right what is not right put right what is not right so that at the end of the day what the evil one means for evil you will turn it around for good and so may the lord bless you and keep you this day may the lord always make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the good lord always turn his face to you and always grant you his shalom in jesus precious name we pray god's people say aloud let's give god a good clap offering god bless you the service is over any one of you wants prayer, there are pastors here who are willing to pray with you and for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.